HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. This is Severin. This is Greenhorns Radio, radio for young farmers by young farmers, coming to you today from the frozen shores of Lake Champlain, speaking with Charlie Johnson, who's the Director of Community Integration for Training and Employment in um, Toledo, Ohio. He is on the phone from Ohio. Hi there, Charlie. Hi, Severin. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm thankful for to have you on the show talk about young people in agriculture. Sure, um, I'm glad to have the opportunity. Would you lay out a little bit what your job is, um, what you're doing over there with the youth that you work with? Sure. Um, I run a job training program, a job readiness training program for Lucas County Juvenile Court, and I work primarily with youth on probation and youth who are returning to the community after uh, being in uh, in treatment or uh, who have been incarcerated for therapy, family work, and all that sort of thing. And uh, I have been doing this for about 13 years, uh, started the job training program uh, when I was working as a therapist at the uh, youth treatment center and realizing that many of the youth did pretty well in treatment and were successful in getting their GED or high school diploma, but they didn't really know what to do with it after that. They didn't have much experience uh, with uh, with work, with um, with uh, joining the labor market, and didn't know how to go about the process of finding and keeping a job. So uh, I was able to... Um, uh, with a friend, write a small grant, and we got started. And it's taken off from there. Now, I I um, wanted to talk a little bit about urban agriculture because that's been one of the major, probably the major activity that the site program has been engaged in for the last uh, about 11 years uh, out of those 13 years. What I did was I met uh, the director of Toledo Grows, Michael Zaberla, who is now in Colorado, but he uh, was 
expanding uh, community gardens through Toledo Grows, which is a subsidiary of the Toledo Botanical Gardens, and it's run by TBG. And uh, we very quickly saw that uh, using my young guys and girls as labor to um, build and expand community gardens, that both programs could benefit greatly from that uh, partnership. And we started off working with about eight youth the first year, and within three years we were working with around 100 youth a year, including summer job programming and uh, garden camps and all that sort of thing. Uh, so that's how we that's how we got going. Well, so often is the case one 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 small grant leads to another. Oh, it is. And what what really uh, got the whole thing rolling quickly was that we came to the attention of some folks who were interested in uh, developing helping us develop a bigger program, and we uh, built a small greenhouse. Uh, well, I guess thirty by ninety. Uh, greenhouse, a plastic roofed greenhouse uh, with um, uh, a weed and seed grant. Now, weed and seed is a is a federal grant through the Department of Justice that's designed to improve uh, neighborhoods that are that are uh, really undergoing a lot of of negative uh, pressure. And what we did, uh, the purpose is to weed out uh, negative influences in our neighborhood: housing decline, uh, uh, gang activity. Uh, drug, uh, drugs and, and uh, other kinds of things that bring a neighborhood down and to seed in positive things like uh, housing assistance, uh, uh, funding for repairing houses, uh, youth um, programs, that sort of thing. So uh, we recognized that North Toledo, which is a close-in neighborhood to the downtown area, uh, needed um, something and because the youth didn't have much to do. So we suggested building a greenhouse, and we found uh, that uh, that really took off. Uh, we opened uh, the greenhouse about uh, about a, about nine months after we got the grant, the Weed and Seed grant, and we built about 25 raised beds. We started uh, raising fish and plants inside the greenhouse uh, uh, that had some success uh, and and some problems as well. It was a very steep learning curve. We built a lot of uh, structures in the greenhouse, like chicken coops and raised beds, and so it was a really good opportunity to work with uh, with my boys from the juvenile court programs to teach them the skills. Now we're not so concerned about the youth that we work with learning how to build a chicken coop, although that's an important piece, and they do come out of it with those skills. The purpose of the training part of it is that they learn the soft skills necessary to be employed. So the community gardening and and urban agriculture is the perfect milieu for that because it requires the same skill sets that are required um, for many jobs in life. And when I talk about soft skills, I'm talking about things like managing your time, showing up on time, uh, following directions, uh, learning new things that you don't know anything about, uh, making mistakes and knowing which ones uh, you can live with and which ones you have to do over, uh, teamwork, uh, problem solving. Uh, and if you put all of those together over a period of time, youth are better prepared for the world of work. So so from my standpoint as a job trainer, it was a perfect um, partnership. And from Mike's uh, and Toledo Gross' uh, uh, perspective, I think it was uh, 
a way to get a whole lot of really energetic and strong young people involved in the in the often uh, fast-paced process of building community gardens. So that uh, what we did was we got a federal grant through our congresswoman to develop a reentry program that was a more long-term uh, and more in-depth reentry program for youth returning to the community. And essentially what we did was we built a training center, and we ended up with about a $280,000 training center that has two large, really nice greenhouses, uh, uh, a wood-fired boiler that uh, that heats uh, greenhouse raised, bed or raised beds in the wintertime so we can grow greens year-round. We have uh, uh, a fairly large chicken coop with about uh, two dozen chickens, and we re-raise uh, the chickens and, and eggs. We have raised as many as 500 meat chickens in one summer. Um, we have a partnership with Owens Community College Urban Agriculture Program where our students, once they get their GED, or anyone in the community who is interested can uh, can take urban agriculture courses. And right now it's a certificate course. The plan is to make it a full accredited uh, college course for a two-year degree. As urban agriculture begins to take off and and more and more communities are responding to the need to develop uh, a local, sustainable food security system. And uh, I'm sure a lot of your farmers uh, out there have heard about that. Uh, there, are, there are a lot more small niche gardens and organic gardens. And uh, Toledo is kind of unique because there are thousands of vacant lots in Toledo. What better way to use vacant lots than to, uh, to turn them into gardens and start helping people learn how to grow food? So... And so I guess my question is, have you, what have you observed as this, um, has this dynamic of interest in, in, in agriculture and now increasing institutional support? You have these, the greenhouses obviously incubating. Um, probably you're doing plant sales and selling baby vegetables. Um, oh, we, we, we are actually, um, it's, it's almost grown too fast because the, the synergy, when you, when you take a good idea like growing food and you put it into the inner city and people drive by and they stop and they, they put in their two cents and they come up with some great ideas. When we first started the idea of building a training center, we were thinking essentially of a glorified pole barn with a wood shop and a place to store our garden tools. Well, it's turned into, you know, uh, tens of thousands of square feet of greenhouse and classroom space and a, a state-of-the-art wood shop that we can use. It has a heated floor with uh, zoned heat. Um, it uh, uh, Initially, we planned on uh, uh, wind and solar applications, but there are difficulties with zoning that you have to contend with there, and we didn't quite have the funds to, uh, to buy a wind uh, generator and, and solar panels yet. But you know, those things are in the works. Uh, we built a barn with uh, funding support. We got a lot of support from the community. From we, There's a corporation in Toledo called the Andersons, and uh, Bob Anderson, Robert Anderson, was one of the founders of Toledo Grows, and his family uh, helped support the construction of the training center, and, and it really took off. The Andersons is a, started out as a farm supply uh, corporation, and now they're much bigger than that. 
<laughs> they have home centers, and they still do a great deal of, of agricultural and farm supply and support, that sort of thing. So, so I'm getting a lot of great and useful um, structural guidance from your from your 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 history here mm-hmm. for other growers in other cities or other community development minded people who are interested to stack functions, as it were, and and combine the the issue of new farmers and urban agriculture with jobs training and um, dealing with um, difficult urban issues Oh yes. and finding community support to do that work. I guess as you're looking ahead and as you're thinking about how these kind of adjacent constituencies can find and support each other, what other guidance would you give to people who are looking and entering into the kind of work that you're doing oh, that's um, a, from our that's generation? A- that's a good question. I think part of it is starting out with a, with a mindset that says that the that the that problems looked at through the through a, a a proper more balanced lens become opportunities. That by by that I mean that there are many many cities in Toledo and small towns that have because of the housing crisis and all of that have lots of of uh, old housing that had to be torn down because it was unsafe vacant lots within cities and towns. I mean, from the extreme, uh, like uh, Detroit, where there are whole blocks that are missing and gone and that are now being farmed, uh, to um, to individual neighborhoods that have maybe a dozen vacant lots, some of them adjacent to each other, that could be rehabilitated and made into urban ag uh, food production sites. Uh, Cleveland is doing a concept called biocellars, where you uh, tear down a house that is not safe, but you leave the basement and you leave the um, foundation. Well, the the main infrastructure of water, sewer, electric, and gas are all still there, present on that site. You cover the foundation with a, with a greenhouse structure, and now you have a year-round growing site, and that offers opportunities for jobs for people in the in the inner city. And unemployment is 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 uh, a major problem in cities. Uh, properties that don't that don't uh, pay any taxes that just become a burden on the community that can then be turned into productive uh, sites where people can grow food right in their own neighborhoods. This solves another social problem, which are food deserts, areas of the city where major um, food uh, chain stores have all moved out, and there's very little access to fresh fruits and vegetables. Uh, you have a corner store that has, you know hot Cheetos and pop, and that's not a healthy lunch for kids, you know. So if kids can learn, young people and and older folks can uh, can uh, begin to turn some of these sites into productive food-producing areas, you not only have addressed some serious social problems, but you've also helped folks learn how to be self-sufficient, grow their own food, and solve that problem. Uh, that uh, inner city food desert problem. Now, one of the nicest things that I've seen over the years working with Dr. Rose is that there are old folks in every community who have the knowledge and wisdom of gardening, and they are eager when they're invited to. They are very eager to pass that on to younger generations. The younger folks have the energy, the muscle, the enthusiasm, uh, and, and it's an adventure for them to grow their own food. You'd be amazed at how a six, 
fifth and sixth graders, even fourth graders, will eat fresh vegetables if they grew those vegetables themselves. And uh, <clears throat> so there are so many different ways that this, uh, this partnership, this kind of synergy works for the community. One, one of the things that I often get when I'm asked questions about working with my kids, with some of the toughest kids in the community, is, well, does it work? Do they stay out of trouble? Well, a significant number of them in the program get their GED or high school diploma. I just signed one of my youth up at community college last week, and he's taking classes. Now, this is a youth who's, who was, you know, severely injured in a shooting. Uh, you know, he has really changed the direction of his life. One of our job coaches who teaches youth how to work at the training center and work in the gardens is uh, a former resident of a, of a treatment facility, and he went through our job training program uh, four years ago, and now he's employed in passing it on to um, his skills on to the next generation. But one thing that I need to say, and that is that it's extremely cost-effective to do this kind of work in communities. The savings to... Um, to the community in terms of dollars that are circulated within the community by growing uh, produce here saves, it potentially could save billions of dollars every year, probably in a city the size of Toledo. I've, I've heard the estimate of, of $2.4 billion that goes out of this city every year to producers that are as many as, as, as far away as 3,000 miles, you know. And so instead of getting uh, produce that's grown um, uh, in in very chemically you know related uh, a lot of chemical fertilizers and pesticides and all of that uh, picked green gas ripened and shipped 2,000 miles they can grow greens and and fresh produce that grows right in their own neighborhoods and then they have the benefit of keeping that money locally. The other huge cost savings is in terms of uh, working with delinquent youth. I don't know about, uh, you're in New York, are you, or what state? I'm in New York, yeah. Yes, you're in New York. I don't know what it costs in New York to incarcerate a youth for six months or a year, but in the state of Ohio, it costs over $100,000 to, to just to incarcerate youth who could be treated in the community with these kinds of interventions, with job training and educational support and real-life uh, skills connected with real jobs that exist in the community. The cost savings is enormous, but you're also saving that youth's life in many cases and and their next generation as well, because if if they succeed, they are likely to be able to help their own children to succeed. So, you know, it's... My grandma used to say that uh, that when people spend a lot of money the wrong way, she said she would say that's penny wise and pound foolish. And I think that currently, the way that we deal with um, with uh, with youth in America is penny wise and pound foolish. And and uh, Toledo, I think, is on the cutting edge of finding new and more successful ways of using the community to help these youth. The goal is to help the, that's why we, we use the acronym SITE, uh, Community Integration. We try to reintegrate the youth into the community in a positive way. They have been banging up against the community with criminal behavior, with failing their education, with uh, problems in the neighborhood, and we try to help them find out what are their talents and abilities, how can they be developed, 
and where do they fit into the community. And we try to get the community to say, to see that these are our children, and we're, we're going to pay for them one way or the other. We either pay a fortune to, to, uh, to incarcerate them and to, to, to treat them as a problem in the community, or we can help them become an asset. Uh, it's our choice. And, and Toledo, I think, is, is doing a really fine job of trying to find uh, creative alternatives to incarceration. Well, it's really encouraging to hear these connections made so fluidly and confidently. I guess the kind of final question I had in our, in our, and keep it kind of short, is in, as a young person who is motivated and who makes the connections between these issues and who um, is, is really excited to join these fields, how do we, how do we join you? How do we, what kind of skills should we be bringing to the table? Um, to join as community organizers or at running nonprofits or running programs like yours? Should oh, well, we be showing up at conferences? What should we do? Yes, that's, that's actually a good question because I think what needs to be studied now is what are the, what are the very best practices. Um, we, you know, each individual community doesn't need to reinvent the wheel if they're going to try these kinds of interventions. Uh, the, the community gardening thing is one thing that the site program does. Another thing we do is we, we build boats with kids. We've built eight boats in six years. They're not big boats, but all the skills necessary to build a boat are really life skills. You know, and uh, uh, we've built... Uh, uh, boat we built the last boat we built was a 16 foot cedar strip canoe with six girls who were girls who had you know issues and and we worked with them for about 21 saturday mornings they built a cedar strip canoe they learned they even built their own paddles how's that for a nice metaphor for life right they raffled off the boat at the at the local apple butter festival and the farmers market and they got paid based on how many hours they had put into the boat, they got paid a very nice stipend for, for their efforts. And, and it's a very powerful kind of, of work with kids that can really help them figure out what they could do. If you think of it this way, I'll, I'll make it short, it, it expands their horizon. It helps them see that there's a whole range of things that they could do in their life and be successful. And we're just giving them a taste of that. And if they can also grow some food and learn how to uh, to get together and break bread with other youth and other community members, um, that's one thing about Americans. We love to eat, don't we? And communities come together over food. And uh, we try to use the community gardening um, milieu as a way to make that happen. We also have a, 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 a produce stand that we built with the kids, and that has a living roof on it, and we sell produce uh, all summer long and, and uh, eggs and, you know, greens and vegetables, and people can come from the neighborhood can just drive by and pick up vegetables. It's a great, great opportunity. So. What a great opportunity. You can learn more by clicking on the link um, that's underneath the listing on the Heritage Radio Network site right. to go to Toledo. Grows program. Thank you, sir, for joining us on this show. You Thank bet. You all and for we would be us. we would be interested if there's an opportunity for us to present, you know, at a workshop and talk a little bit more about what we do. Um, we we'd be glad to do that if it's uh, sharing this uh, this experience and what we've learned with other communities. We'd be very glad to do that. That so. sounds like a good conference programmers 
uh, invitation. So those of you who are listening, who are organizing conferences in the sustainable ag community, you know where to call. Well, thank okay, you very everybody, much. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.